<laughs> I know what you're doing, though. See, you're trying to lull me into small talk so that I won't know when the actual podcast starts. Oh, um, it started. But, I mean, is there an is there an input? There's got to be, like, an input. Or, like, yeah, there's, I've never there's met a, a microphone that's just like, no, nah, baby, I'm either zero or ten. No, there's no. There's no in between well, with me. So this, this, that's what I'm, I, I, I mean, I have this fancy, you can't, you can't see it. You can just see the giant pop cover, but, um, yeah. but it's, uh, oh yeah. Hey, look, there's an input volume. Yeah. I bet there is. And I bet it's all the way up, isn't it? No, it's not all <laughs> the way up, <laughs> but it's really high. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. Um, it shows that I perhaps am using the entire uh, graphical interface that they have offered me. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. Where have you turned the volume down to, Andy? Oh, okay. <laughs> I've turned it down to about... This is way better. This is way better. This is way better? Okay. So it, it, was autom- like- it was automatically adjusting for me, which means that Zoom has never met me, right? Like, yeah. they, don't, they don't know. Because I think that I did a, I think I did a significant portion of my radio shows in, well, as you are to do in college radio, just like all the way in the red, just like completely distorting yeah. and vibrating every single TV set in dorm channels three and ten. Um, well, do you remember Iggy Pop's uh, raw power? He had a yes. note on the back, or he oh, said, "Yes." On the back yes, of the I album, do. it said, "I mixed it myself. Everything's yes. in the red. You're welcome," or something like that. You're like, "No, yes. Iggy, that's bad. That's bad." Yeah. No, that was so that raw. So raw power. I found that at a store right by my like high school called CBGBs. I think it was like a really bad pun. No. Yeah. Swear to God. It was right next to the, (laughs) it was right next to the mean bean. This is a big throwback 32nd street and bell, by the way, if you're scoring at home and, and it had that thing on it. And so, I bought the Iggy mix after, so I, I owned, I owned like self-titled Stooges, yeah. Funhouse, and then Raw Power, the Iggy mix. So I had, it took me five or 10 years to actually hear the Bowie mix. And it's that's why I was like, yeah. And I was like, Iggy, like, I love you, man, but <laughs> you are not to be behind the inputs. I'll like, tell you something. The guy that's really good at dancing with his shirt off and controlling the crowd doesn't make him a good engineer. Not at all, man. Not at we all. all have different jobs for our different things that we do. And uh, Iggy was like, no, 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 no. I can well, still hear this. There's a problem. I, I want Iggy to be Iggy, man. I don't, you know, like I, I don't need him to, to, you know, be a producer as well. Right. We don't have to. Oh, dude. Although, yeah. Nobody wanted Iggy the producer. To, to be honest, like that may you think have he makes been, it with his shirt off. Oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. There's a just jar de- of peanut butter. Uh <laughs> yeah. He just wipes it on the board and then wipes his chest over it. And he's like, This is good. This has got it. And then he humps the master volume all the way up. 100 <laughs> percent It's like you were there. Oh, dude, I just imagine <laughs> what would he do? So, I, of course, you see, I brought my weapon of choice. Yes, I'm going to do something, and I'm going to make you explain to the people what I'm doing. Okay, and I and then I, very selfishly. Well, hold hold on. This is our version of the Funko blind box, uh, because we can't do that because we're not in the same location. That's right. So, so in my mind, I know. I think I know what this is going to be. Can you but, tell me what you think it's going to be before I do it? It's going to be my song. Oh, 
it's not going to be your song. Your song oh, was... <laughs> okay. No, but it was going to be a... remember that i do that was the very first that's the that's the sound check song for 502 that's right dude no one no one in this podcast has talked about 502 ah. no one in this podcast has seen 502 i mean jericho played with them but yeah um i wanted you this is selfish on my behalf oh yeah totally because, um but i you're the only person i know that can tell the cookie story this is a moment. This is a. This is like. This is one of those things where if if Tucson, the Tucson music scene, were to have one of those. Remember, well, when you and I first met. So we'll just. I'll mm-hmm. just touch this really quickly. When you and I first met was when all the punkers were doing their like, their like. This is how the sh- the scene was. Uh, documentary, right? And yeah. Uh, so if Tucson were to have that for well, we met like two thousand four. Is that about 2000? Uh, I want to say a little bit earlier, but yeah, around there. Yeah. So uh, I saw more of the what Tucson had to offer in the solo acoustic world than I really would have <laughs> liked. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, and and the reason I I saw this is because uh, you were the you were the most punk rock acoustic act uh, in all of Arizona, probably maybe in everything west of the Mississippi. <laughs> And so, so <laughs> if you're listening east of the Rockies, yeah, <laughs> east of the, yeah, east of the Rockies. Yeah. If you're listening east of the Rockies, I hope you're doing okay. Uh, welcome. Uh, always rate and review. Um, uh, well, I was just doing an art bell reference. Bell icon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I got, I got it. So, right. um, so I, I think, so cookie, the cookie show. Um, so you'll have to fill in a little bit of the cookie show because this is back when mm-hmm. I used to drink. So I can get you the high notes, um, but I will, uh, I will, I will have thanks to not the wonder of alcohol, but thanks to this the fact of alcohol, I will have blind spots. So, sure. um, shot in the dark cafe, shot in the dark was where I believe uh, mm-hmm. across from Tucson's um, public access uh, <laughs> station. Um, let's see, that's on Broadway. Uh, yeah, and actually, I think it used to the- be Cafe Quebec where I like literally spent all my teenage years. Yes, that's a, yes, yes. And this was back when you could smoke uh, in the coffee shop, but not, or indoors, but not in that part of the coffee shop. Um, That's right. There was an outdoor screened patio where you could smoke. One of the things that the Cafe Quebec people would do all the time is we would just sit there and smoke cigarettes and play chess and drink coffee endlessly. Mind you, we were 13 years old. Yes, which is totally fine. Uh, This is the Wild West after all. Um, Yeah. So, uh, but it's a Tucson thing, right? So, uh, I'm trying to remember. So the cookie, the, the cookie show, whether the, so, so the cookie show, I think you had brought refreshments and or, uh, treats for, um, for someone's birthday. Now I don't, I don't remember exactly who, um, and then the other I thing did was, bring the cookies. They were yeah. duplex cookies. They were duplex cookies, which is actually there's a there's. A, we'll see if I importance. remember to come back to the duplex cookies. By the way, uh, because a shout out to to Stephen uh, Stephen Romo, who will if I if I don't remember to come back, uh, Romo will will get a good laugh out of duplex cookies. So um, so so uh, 
the staff of the Shot in the Dark did not particularly care for your uh, acoustic infused <laughs> punk rock. Um, well, no, half of them loved it. The other half. Well, okay, good, 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 good point. The barista on staff at that night did not particularly care for yours the way I remember it. But a I thousand mean, percent. Mur- but the yeah. owners were close friends of mine and loved. Yes, it. super, super close friends. But the but the point point in being is is that well. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see in a second that the 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 staff's reaction is is at least something I want to capture. So, uh, so you go in to play. Um, you go into so it's it's like your standard sort of acoustic open mic. If you've been to a coffee shop, you, you know it's like on the one end there's the microphone and the small PA, mm-hmm. and uh, and you bust. I'd like out. to correct you already, dude. Oh. I booked every other Friday at that place. Yeah, it was my show. I booked the acts. I wouldn't call it open mic in the sense that I wouldn't put you up if you just oh. showed up with a guitar. Okay. But it's only You're... one step above. It's only one step above for the comedy people who are listening. It's, just, it's the equivalent of the bar show, except it's just the cafe. And all, you... honestly, all you have to do is be nice and ask to be on. And I put you on the next show. Yeah, that's true. So I guess it, it is not an open mic. I would just say the floor plan would be laid out in a similar way, but it was definitely oh, identical, in, identical in, in invite only. So in other words, like you couldn't just like show up with like your sappy songs and your acoustic guitar, or your ukulele and like and get, you know, your five minutes like that was yeah. not the format. These were all people that were established in town. Um, I always loved because uh, because the acoustic acts they they loved that you would sort of shock uh the other people who had come to hear their very like melodic uh songs and i was essentially attacking all the other acoustic acts with the same setup they had it was beautiful now granted we can say this and and so so, it's aggressive it was aggressive it was super super aggressive it was the whole reason why i came because i i love the punk rock and everything else i love like people upsetting other people in that regard right mm-hmm. um people that are way too uptight about something or they're like oh this genre needs to sound this way or whatever so um so, so you you uh one i always loved that you your first song was your sound check and so that's mm-hmm. uh, i i like that that was you know you're playing that piece as well and then so you you would do how correct me if I'm wrong, but you would do about like 13 minutes, maybe? Or was it a little more than that? It was like 30. Was it 30? Okay. Well, yeah. so that's a testament to how much I enjoyed it because it didn't it, it like it was always like bam, like in your face. I mentioned yeah. the 13 minutes just because it was like you had you had picked a runtime that was uh in line with like the the Ramones, <laughs> right? Um, oh, I remember I went through 25 songs in a 30 minutes at once. Yeah, yeah. And so it was just like, it was just like, there was, you know, like not like tuning and things like that. You were like, bam, 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 right? Like I came yeah. to play, I came to play you all the songs that came out of my head <laughs> and they're all going to come at you. And if you're not in a stable chair, you may get knocked over. So <laughs> you picked up, so you had cookies and you offered them all to everyone, which was- a, I, may, I put little plates on every table yes. and I put- a, a fistful of cookies on every plate. A fistful of cookies on every plate. No gloves, I might add. Uh, but a fistful, no. but the, no food handler's card of Arizona. Uh, but hey, it was cookies. They're free cookies. And so, like, super awesome host, right? Like, portends what you would be later on, you know? like this, Yeah, very Kaufman-esque. Yes. Um, <laughs> it is, is very Kaufman-esque. And then you played either the first whole song with cookies as your pick no 
I played the first song and my pick broke. Ah, okay, okay. So, like, like I said, my memory is. Oh no, no, no! That's what I love about this. I like, I like your enthusiasm for it and like what your experience is with it. And I just have the facts with it because you know, like it all, it all blew up. Oh yeah, but this was just like, well, one, you were sober. Um, uh, I yeah, cannot... there's no excuse for this behavior. <laughs> <laughs> so I love, I love. That's what partly why I offered the the years is because you know me like pre sobriety. So, so mm-hmm. just uh, pass passing uh, point of reference. But so you played, and now now, not that the listeners, you know. So duplex cookie, right? Looks like an Oreo cookie, but it has a, a vanilla side and then a chocolate side, I believe. You correct. Um, and then it's got with a vanilla cream filling. In the yeah, yeah, standard filling in there. Not double stuff. Just worth worth noting. Not. Double I've never stuff. cared for double stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's overrated. Um, so. Not that you would think a cookie like an Oreo would have the structural integrity to be a substitute <laughs> for a pick, but I applaud the idea of of. They don't know that this is coming yet. Yeah, yeah. is yeah. that I got on a table, I stood on a table, and I grabbed a cookie, <laughs> and I started picking with the cookie. Yes, like as if it's my guitar pick. I held it like a guitar pick, and I started strumming the guitar with this cookie. And the cookie with, explodes. It with shreds <laughs> like like a Muppet's cookie or something. Like, it, you know the scene in Drop Dead Fred, some of you, where he yes. has the cornflakes disease and he opens up his jacket and, and cornflakes just come out? Everywhere. It, it was like that, but with a cookie. And I kept going until then. Like, I was like rotating the cookie in my hand to continue the shredding of the cookie to then, then pick up the next cookie on the plate. And, and that continue. was where... It went epic because so a reason I mentioned the sort of like kind of standard layout in the coffee shop is because um, there's not a stage. Right. So you kind of made your own stage. Right. Yeah. Now, granted, worth pointing out, you're performing under the name five foot two, a literal mm-hmm. name. Right. Yeah. You are, in fact, five foot two. Uh, and so to make sure that everyone could see uh, in this you know sort of audience that all could see it. And it was like you raised the the cookie up in like a, the this like sort of awesome rock and roll pick kind of thing in my mind. And then like brought in it my down, mind too, by the way. It, yeah, and brought it down in this like Scott Pilgrim-esque, like I'm <laughs> battling all of your expectations and I'm going to win. <laughs> and and it was just unbelievable. Now the thing that was hilarious to me was you then the, it became epic when you played when you went for the next cookie, and that's mm-hmm. when I turned and looked at the barista on staff, and she was completely not amused by this because oh, there not were at all. there were cookies everywhere, cookies spread everywhere, right? And and it was just <laughs> it was just amazing. Now. I I remember her yelling at me and I threw half of a shredded cookie at her. I don't remember which, that, but I do remember I, her being very, very upset. And then she ran to the back and got the owner, who's my friend. <laughs> and he comes out and in the middle s- of me playing with shredded cookies. I remember him yelling, you're going to have to clean that up after. Yes. <laughs> And I said, sure. And I kept yes. going and I made an even bigger mess standing on multiple tables. I yes. want to say by the time I got to your table, which was like table three or four, yes. you, you had like five or six cookies in front of you and you made the gesture of, oh, by, by all means, I have yes. many cookies I, for you to shred through. 
I offered them to you in a like, please, would you like to disintegrate to these poor duplex cookies? Now, the thing I loved was that that you uh, so just just as a quick jump, you did dutifully clean up. And so the way I was going to end the story with that was at the end of my set because the set ended early because I ran out of cookies. So, Uh yeah, I normally played 30. I probably did 15, maybe 20. And then I brought up the next guy. Because uh, <laughs> I was hosting, <laughs> and I brought up the next guy who had a lot of slow, beautiful songs about girlfriends he wished he had, or that are the girls that got yes. away. Yeah, and he—I remember when he was setting up. He's like, "The fuck! Did, I can't follow that. What did you do?" You know, like he was <laughs> so mad. And he was a coworker of mine at a uh, Common Grounds and a different coffee place. And he, I, he talked to me about it like a week later too, where he was just like, I really felt set up. <laughs> like it wasn't yeah, good. Well... And then that while he was playing his set, I went back there after I like cleared off the plates and stuff and put my stuff away. I was like, Hey, where's that broom and stuff. And I did, I slowly went ahead and actually cleaned up the entire mess. I did not leave any mess for them to clean. Well, so so now here's the here's the little nuance to me that I remember. Now you could tell me if this is true or not, right? Is there was like a so it, was it Ke- the Carol Burnett show where at the end they had the animated guy who like sweeps up right during the during the credits? There was a, so okay, Carol Burnett show had Carol Burnett with a mop, but then okay. they also had a one of those. I don't remember which hidden camera show it was had that. It was okay. one of those. Where like somebody at the store is being outrageous and everyone has to react to it. Yeah, something like that. So I remember you sweeping up kind of around this guy who had to follow you. <laughs> yeah, I was sweeping behind him, in front of him, everything. Like it was not, it was not respectful of what he was doing. But it was respectful of the staff of the venue of the who venue. was terribly worried that I was yes. going to that barista hated every other friday and i almost started making it like a thing where i was like just attacking like what are her limits you did and uh you you had i guess they're swearing but you had a very like expletive uh laden song uh you can say it about raw dogging that (laughs) i think was really where you set off for and that was not the cookie show but I think that's when she was just like, I'm not in, I'm not into that. Uh, <laughs> and that was she like was very pro condom. How yeah, was that? I don't oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. It's sure. Like ears, you could see me like her ears perked up for that one. Right. And then you mm-hmm. followed that with fuck you. I'll fuck myself. A classic yeah. in your set list. About uh, masturbating. Yes. After a breakup. And, as you do. As every and, acoustic act has. Everyone should, right? Like this acoustic acts are missing out. But um, oh man, that that react the reaction. So I don't maybe so so again, like I said, I like I just remember you being like so dude like you dutifully cleaning up. I I had remembered it as you cleaned up without uh without being asked, which I had thought like what a what a fine gentleman! Like what? What? A, what? What? Someone who clearly uh, lots of different people could come put up with on a podcast. Um, Thank you. But so then, was there? It did, now, granted, like I know my memory's got lots of like vague holes from that time. Did there? Was there anything else in that 
I do think all the cookies had been eaten, by the way. I do remember that. I think I took cookies from someone else's table. Um, yeah, there were either... also empty tables that still had cookies on it. Okay. So, like, I don't remember if all cookies were shredded. I want to say no. And I want to okay. say that only half of the ones I purchased ended up on the tables. And so after that, I walked around like, guys, please eat these cookies. After yes. the shredding of the cookies. But after that, nobody wanted cookies. I had somehow found a way to make everyone go, you know what? We've had enough with the cookies. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That... Uh, I remember Malarkey was there, and it was Malarkey's only time ever seeing me. I don't remember that. But, yes, yeah, so Malarkey was, like, an epic uh, member of the scene. He would be somebody who would be interviewed in the Tucson scene of that time. Yeah, he was a guy that was probably five, 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 four. 90 pounds God, was he pink hair not by much okay but he was skinnier than me i have all these pictures of bands around that time and he's in the because he so he always was he at was at front. every show yeah he was the at very front every show just and a gyrating dancing man by himself yeah. well and he loving this, life he did this cool thing where he would like have often have his hands like tucked in his pants but he would still find a way to like really like dance and move and like i remember being kind of loaded at one of the shows and i was like i'm drunk and i still don't have the confidence to put my hands in my pocket and dance around in the front of the stage he would always be like there's yeah no, there was no one between him one and people 200 people he was there same spot well and we i think you and i joked about this that like it was it was like a qualified qualified cool show to be at if malarkey was there yeah, no, for sure. If you weren't, if Malarkey wasn't interested in seeing you, you got to adjust your stuff. But I remember Malarkey at the end of the cookie show was like, finally, this is the only acoustic act I've ever enjoyed seeing. Oh, <laughs> what a seal of approval. <laughs> yeah, it was also really funny that it was like, yeah, I can understand how uh, you don't find many acts like this. Yeah, <laughs> well, and that was the, you know, like the the beauty was <clears throat> that, that you were exactly what acoustic music needed. Unfortunately, the acoustic buying music buying audience was not ready for that. No, no, they weren't. I mean, we still got Andrew Jackson Jihad out there, and that's nice. Which what a stellar, I, uh, what a stellar band, by the way. Uh, I love how we were on the ground floor for that. I tell people about that all the time. Where uh Andrew Jackson Jihad, if you don't know, is just like the most delightful anarchist acoustic duo that writes these really tight songs about things you shouldn't be writing tight songs about yeah and they were uh, amazing and you got they them, were you were well actually you got them into plush rest in peace or was it called was it it was called plush back then yeah um i got them into like everywhere in tucson oh i uh you did actually um I have a story about Andrew Jackson jihad and you that i want to then get you to tell but and once just uh so, well, Andrew Jackson Jihad to me was like what Woody Guthrie would have been if Woody Guthrie lived in our time and listened okay. to a lot of and listened to a lot of Mastodon. Um, <laughs> they love Mastodon. I remember one of the guys that you worked with at Rocco's had mm -hmm. them had Andrew Jackson Jihad play in his kitchen. And that was one of the well, most memorable shows that that I remember for Andrew Jackson Jihad. Uh okay. Now, you want my perspective on that? Was that what you wanted? 
No, no, no. So I was going to no, so just... I want to butt in. Oh, yeah, well, then do that. But I, I, I just... was washing dishes at yes. Rocco's. I worked at a pizza place in my early 20s, and I was the dishwasher and sometimes the prepper. So I was washing dishes this day, and then there was another guy that was prepping, and he was like done. And he was like, I still got to find a band to play my house party. And he loved Andrew Jackson Jihad. And I was like, I bet you can get Andrew Jackson Jihad to do it if you give him 50 bucks. And he was like, dude, we can't get Andrew Jackson Jihad. I was like, if I got Andrew Jackson Jihad to play at your house party, would you finish my shift and do the rest of the dishes? And he was like, yeah, of course. And so I was like, all right, cool. Give me five minutes. And I got on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> and I called him. And um, I called Sean, I think. Maybe Ben. I don't remember. And um, and yeah, they were like, oh, dude, that'd be awesome. Yeah, totally. House party, that sounds dope. Uh, but instead of $50, can we also have like beer in $50? And you're like, yeah, we can find a way to get you beer in $50. Yeah. And then the guy was like, I forget what he said. It was something really funny, though. It was just like, all right, cool. Like uh, tits and shit or something like that. You're like, all right, cool. And then I was like, dude, you got Andrew Jackson Jihad. So, uh, so just go ahead and finish up here. I'm going to clock out. And he was like, wait, what? No, wait, really? And he was so like over the moon that we got them. And of course they showed up, played their set, uh, found out when they got there that uh, one of them was allergic to cat hair. Cats. Yes. And that's why they played in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. And they played in the kitchen, which was not, uh, further away from all the bookshelves, but also right in front of the cat litter box. Yes. And Ben had his stand-up base, if I remember correctly, and he was, like, standing, like, next to the cat box. Yeah, yeah, no, he chose the cat box corner. Um, and, yeah, he, they were all really closely in together, but they rocked the fuck out of that house. Yeah, they did it that was cool, because they, super, they super cleared cool. out that one bedroom that I played in. Yeah, well, like, Rocco, like, that. if I remember correctly, that that's the house, either it was another house party, but Rocco's like metal, like like seventies black metal band played like that either that same house or that same night. It was definitely that same house. Might have been that same night. It was the house like three Rocco's employees all okay. uh, all lived at, and they would yeah they would clear out one of their rooms and throw a house party like once a month. I mean, we also got two gallons to play at that house. Really? Yeah, they were playing at Congress. <laughs> later that night and uh i can't remember who was friends with them maybe it was jericho but we asked them if they'd be interested in like 50 bucks if they come over to this house party and play before they did congress and sure as shit they did dude just like getty lee right 50 bucks is 50 bucks yeah exactly 10 bucks is 10 bucks eh? <laughs> it, was, it was 10 <laughs> bucks that's right <laughs> well yeah but with inflation being what it is yeah oh yeah jeez yeah, so what I remember was before that house party, you had capsules of fake blood and you made yourself bleed while you were at Epic Cafe with Sean and Ben. That's what I now I don't know if that was the same night or if that was a different it night. It was. Yeah, okay. it was. It was exactly the same night. I had blood capsules left over from Halloween and we were supposed to meet up at a Epic Cafe. And for some reason I thought it'd be funny to start fake bleeding on them. Okay, so that's what I was gonna ask. I didn't remember what the what the like gimmick or gambit like was for it. I just remember the 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 like very Joe Friday facts that you had fake fake blood capsules and you were mm -hmm. bleeding in front of them. 
And I just oh, remember yeah. that. And I was like, I was thinking about that the other, like, not like the other day, but like a while back where I was like, I don't remember what Aaron was doing that. Like, what was up with that? <laughs> I just thought it was a fun way to like up the ante on stuff. So like, I remember I knew I wanted to use it. I didn't know how. So I got a brownie from the Epic Cafe. So that way, because, you know, when you get a blood was, capsule, you have to drool on yourself. That's yeah. the worst part of a blood capsule. You got to drool all over yourself. And so it's yeah. gross. And so I got the I got the one, uh, the brownie, and I ate it. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. And they're like, what? And then, like, I'm, like, drooling blood on myself. And I was like, I think this has walnuts. I'm allergic to walnuts. Right? <laughs> and they're like, fuck you. That's not what allergic to walnuts looks like. <laughs> and I remember uh, Ben was like... I, you're acting like oh, some dude, kind of we gotta ween get, fan. We gotta, yeah, we gotta get you. We gotta get you. you help. No, it wasn't about me medically at all. It was like you're acting like a ween fan. Stop it. And I'm like, I am a ween fan. I have a ween tattoo. Yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah, we could have guessed that. Of and course. so like I was drooling all over this brownie and the blood and stuff. And they were like, that's a really weird thing to do, dude. Don't do that. <laughs> that's. And I was like, all right, but I'm gonna bleed later at the house party. And they were like, what? Right. And then at the house party, because. I got bored easily. Instead of using the mic stand regularly, like a regular person would where it's in front of you, I made it dangle in front of me like a boxing yes. uh, announcer would have. And I w- it would dangle and I would like sort of look up into it and sing into it to yes. just to give me a different angle on things. But I also knew I had a couple more of those blood capsules. And so I popped them in my mouth and I hit the mic hard, knowing that it would just make that, that yep. noise that it makes. And then the blood. And people still to this day think that was real that i like it was like one of my steps of pro wrestling where it was like oh no like i will i sold you uh, sold it color. man yeah. yeah i sold it i yeah, sold that i was it. bleeding for a house party that i did not bleed at i want to say that so my explanation of it was of the blood capsules and everything right because i so i do remember you bleeding at that show but the thing was i couldn't remember if you had if that was like a callback, right? Like you were doing that as like a wink, like a wink to like Sean and Ben, or if it was in fact the same, same time. But I remember it was like, sort of like they were, if I remember correctly, they were like 17, like, yeah, they were, they were in high 21. school. They were like, yeah, they were, young. they were, they were in high school still. Yeah. And you were like, going to be the weird older guy that they would tell <laughs> stories about <laughs> and gonna be, I am. Well, I was just going to say, mission accomplished, right? Like, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just a 25-year-old guy who's booking them on shows and then playing too aggressively and bleeding on them. Andy's the best. Andy and I became immediate friends. We'll hear about all that later. Uh, Andy and I ended up talking for an hour and a half, and we're going to separate that into a couple different episodes. I did selfishly start at the top. I'm like, hey, let's tell some stories about me. I find that period of my life interesting, fun. I loved living it, and I love it coming from Andy's perspective. Like, how great was he at telling the story of, of just watching me play a cafe? Um, guys, I couldn't thank him enough. I can't wait for the other Andy episodes to come out. They're all so fun. Uh, I asked him what he wanted to promote, and he didn't even say himself. That's how 
selfless Andy's been, not only for the last half hour, 40 minutes you've been listening, but for his outro as well. He wanted it to be about something else. Although, Andy, we are going to talk about you. We're going to talk about you in depth. But you can find him on Instagram, like at at Leonard's. Uh, Andy Leonard's all over the place. You'll see me retweeting on my Twitter and stuff. Uh, but he also wants to shout out, which I think is awesome, Zealot Wrestling, or Zealot. Not sure how it is. It's Z-E-A-L-O-T Pro Wrestling. They're a Phoenix wrestling organization that if you go see them live, Andy's the one that's announcing. How cool is that? Andy never went to a wrestling event until I took him only two years ago, and now he's announcing at a wrestling event, loves it. And the best part is that this pro wrestling organization is doing something special. Hashtag Promomania, P-R-O-M-O-M-A-N-I-A. And it's a GoFundMe campaign to support the local indie wrestlers that just don't have a way to make money right now in all of this. And so that's, it's really important. So hashtag Promomania. Zylot or Zilot, sorry, Pro Wrestling, Phoenix. Go see Andy, support them while you can. Hashtag Promomania. And it looks like they're doing a tournament where they're promoing off against each other because they can't actually wrestle each other. And I think it's brilliant. And I think you guys should check it out if you guys are wrestling fans. I know that this is a lot of wrestling for an episode where we talked 0% about wrestling, but that's what I'm doing. Um, but as always, you can rate, review, subscribe to this very podcast if you're just checking it out for the first time, and welcome if you are. Thank you very much for listening, and thank you for putting up with me. At Aaron M. Marsh on all things, social medias, Twitter, Venmo. <laughs> Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong, whether I find a place in this world or never belong, I've got to be me. I gotta be me. What else can I be but what I am? I'll go it alone. That's how it must be. I can't be right for anyone else if I'm not right for me. I've got to be free. I gotta be free. Dare it to try to do it or die.